Welcome to the Renaissance Podcast. If you would like to participate in online worship, sermons, and children's programs, then check out the Renaissance Church at Home page at rendicator.org. Now, let's get started. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome. Renaissance, it's nice to see all of you. Welcome to this experiment that we're calling Church at Home. We have been working tirelessly to make this thing happen so that we can still continue to encourage one another, study our Bibles together, even worship together while we are in um, social distance mode or in quarantine as the government truly has asked us to limit all gatherings of uh, 50 people or more. So that being said, um, I wanted to share a couple things with you just by by way of getting uh, started today. Um, these are strange times that we're living in. Somebody asked me recently, Jeff, in, in all of your life, have you ever experienced anything like this? Which first offended me because they were implying that I'm old somehow by asking in all of my life. But the, the real answer to that question is no, I have not experienced anything like this in, in all 50 years of my life. Um, this world is a different place now than it was not long ago. I am following the news now um, more than I have since the, the terrorist attacks on 9-11 almost 20 years ago. I am constantly reminding my teenage daughters what social distancing means. <laughs> no, sweetheart, you can't have a group of friends over tonight for pizza and movies. No, you can't run around town to get ice cream and go shopping at Walgreens. No, we are trying to limit our exposure to other people. It's been challenging for them and maybe for you as well. They're, they're on spring break from school. This was already a scheduled time off, but when the government came out and said no more classes till the end of March, now it just feels like a longer vacation for them. And they feel like, well, this is no vacation at all. This is just, this is just a different world. Our world truly has been interrupted, if you could say that. It just feels different how we're re reacting and responding to other people is changing us. I'll share a story with you. Um, last week, I ran into someone that I've recently met at Renaissance. They've been coming for the last month or so, and we've struck up a, a conversation on a few occasions. And so I saw them outside of the church and um, we both noticed each other. We both smiled with recognition and he extends his hand to shake mine. And my automatic response was to stick my hand out as well. And then immediately I withdrew my hand and I could see the curious furrowed brow on his face wondering why I was doing that. And I, I began to sort of trip over my words as I was trying to explain to him, yeah, 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 we're really not supposed to be shaking hands and, and touching each other. And, and he, his brow softened a little bit and he smiled, which just basically said that he understood what I was saying. We made small talk and then he went on his, his way. But I have to admit, I, I left that encounter with him. I felt somewhat changed. I felt different. I'm, I'm, I'm a person who likes to give the, the hug or the high five or the, or the handshake. That's just who I am as a person. It's who I've been raised to be. And in this moment, I felt like I had to change who I am. And if I was to be honest with you, there's been other changes happening inside of me. I would say deep inside of my soul that are a bit disconcerting to me. Over these past few weeks, there's just been this low-grade anxiety, this this low-grade worry just making its way into my daily life. It's not always at the forefront. It's not always the main thing that I'm thinking about, but it seems to be just, just pecking at me. Even when I'm least ex expecting it, I hear this small voice saying something like this, Jeff, what if, 
blah, blah, blah happens? Or what if this happens next? What are, what are your plans to do if this happens? And it's, it's leaked into my inner being and it's starting to change me. In my studies this week, because I've just been reading the Bible and um, following the news, as I've said, but I, I ran across a definition of worry and anxiety that I'll share with you here. It says this, that worry is the act of imagining the future without Jesus in it. Let me say that again. Anxiety, low-grade anxiety, worry, any of those things, is just us responding to seeing the future without Jesus in it. Which brings me to the passage that I want to read for you today. Um, if you have a Bible with you, I would ask you to turn to Mark chapter 6. In fact, if I, I really challenge you, just pause this you know, video right now and go get your Bible and turn with me to Mark chapter 6. And we'll see Jesus have an encounter with his disciples who found themselves in a place of anxiousness and worry as well. Um, starting in verse 45 of Mark chapter 6, we read this. It says, immediately he, Jesus, made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. What's happening previously is Jesus had just fed the 5,000. Most of us know that story. With his disciples and some fish and some loaves of bread, he fed the multitudes. And now he dismisses his disciples and the crowds to leave. And after, verse 46, and after he had taken leave of them, Jesus went up on the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. And Jesus saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And so about the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came out to them, to the disciples, walking on the water or walking on the sea. And he meant to pass by them. But when they, the disciples, saw Jesus walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost. They cried out. And then they saw that it was him, and they were all terrified. But immediately Jesus speaks to them and says, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Jesus got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased, and they were utterly astounded. I want us to, to picture that moment of anxiousness and, and worry as they're in this boat trying to cross the sea to obey Jesus' commands to go ahead of him and he would meet up with them. And the tension they felt when Jesus had come out to them to meet them and they weren't sure what was happening. They even thought it was a ghost or an apparition of some sorts. Um, so I want us to pause just for a moment. I want to pray with you and I want to admit this to you. This is not the first, the first time this week that I prayed for all of you that I, I am constantly aware that this is a challenging time for all of us. I know many people desperately lean on the weekly gathering here at Renaissance, that you come to be prayed for, to be encouraged, to, to worship together with one another. And I know how challenging that has been for many of you. And so I have been praying for you. I've encouraged all the staff here to, to lean in, to make contact with you through social media, through phone calls, emails, whatever it looks like, just so that you know that we care about you, that we are praying for you, and we are hoping that you are doing well in this tumultuous time. So would you pray with me real quick? Lord, we thank you that we can gather in, in this way to be a, a church that is meeting outside the walls of the church. Lord, we know that, that the church is actually not the building that we meet in, but is actually the people 
um, that make up the people who gather together. It's those brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus who make up the church. And so we are thankful that we can meet like this, that we can study the Bible together, that we can even worship together. So God, I pray that you would use your Holy Spirit to give us comfort today, that the, the, the passage of Scripture would be help to us. I pray Jesus would speak to us in a loud, loud voice today. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, one of the first things that I, I wanted to share with you is um, that Jesus is uh, aware of our situation. We see it here in this story. As Jesus had sent his disciples ahead of, ahead of them, him, sorry, in a boat, um, and he goes up a mountain to pray, and you can see the tension. And the gospel writer here makes, a, makes us aware of that fact that Jesus is, in fact, alone. That Jesus went alone to pray, and the disciples were alone on their way to the other side of the sea. But even in the middle of all of that, what's taking place, Jesus is still keenly aware of their life's circumstance. I don't know what it looked like for Jesus to be up on the side of this mountain, the side of this hill, to see his disciples rowing out against the wind, trying to make progress while the wind is, is pushing them backwards. But at some point, he saw them. We see here, this here in verse 48. It says that Jesus saw them, and he saw that they were making headway painfully. Um, you could probably read this more um, literally like this, that they were rowing in turmoil to get across the lake, that the, the lake and the wind was actually tormenting them. That's the Greek word that's actually translated there, that this was almost a, a torture for the disciples, that their world that they were currently living in was so shaky, was so tumultuous that they had no way to move forward in it. And in the middle of all of that, we see through the gospel writer Mark that Jesus notices them that he sees them, that we can feel oftentimes that we are isolated and alone, that, that, that even now as we've been social distancing ourselves from other people, that we've been self-quarantining ourselves from other people, some of us are staying away from people at all costs and rightfully so, and we can feel so isolated like the disciples, but Jesus saw them. And I want you to hear this um, from me. I want you to hear this from the Lord, that Jesus sees you too. You're not just alone in your house, you know, with Netflix and whatever foods left in your refrigerator. But, but there, Jesus is, is seeing what's happening and he's paying attention to that. And that's the first piece of encouragement that I want us to see here, that Jesus sees them making headway painfully, the verse says. And he says, for the wind was against them. It feels like our world is against us right now. For every uh, amount of progress that they made, the wind seemed to push them back. But John's gospel, the, uh, one of the other gospels in the Bible, tells us this story too. And it tells us that the disciples were about three to four miles out onto the lake at this point. Um, the lake at its widest point we know to be about six miles. So picture this, for the last nine hours, right? Because Jesus let them go in the evening. Now it's almost the morning, about three to six in the morning. For the, for the past nine hours, they have been rowing against the wind to cross the sea. This whole time, right? They've been trying to work their way across. Their lives basically, if you can imagine this, um, are stuck. They are stuck in this place with almost no way out but to go back. And they didn't want to disobey Jesus, so they continued to row against the wind. And Jesus saw that. And, and uh, I want you to know that in our lives right now, we can feel somewhat stuck. I know we do. I do. 
It feels strange to us. We've been watching um, infection rates go up. I follow the CDC on my Twitter account, which I, are words I never thought I would say in my entire life. But I'm, I'm following things now, and I'm watching the CDC infection rates. I'm watching the stock, the stock market uh, continue to drop. And anxiety, it keeps pushing me back, right? It keeps pushing me back. I, I, many people know this, that I'm a person who often deals with anxiety. I've had great victory over anxiety, and I feel like I've made great progress in that. And the, in these past few months, anxiety has come back again. In these past few months, I've seen see myself even worry more than I have before. Like those disciples, I feel like I can't make any progress at all. But Jesus sees me in this. And I know Jesus sees you in this as well. And it says here at the end of this verse that he came to them, that he comes walking out to them on the sea. Now, why would Jesus come out to them? Well, we read here in verse 50, he, he comes out to them because they were terrified and he wants them to have courage. He says here, verse 50, he says, for they had all seen him and they were terrified when they see Jesus walking out on the sea. But immediately Jesus speaks to them and says these words. He says, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Take heart. It means this. Have courage. Jesus comes out there to comfort them. In the midst of everything that's going on, and they're making no progress, the wind and the, and the sea is, is raging against them, Jesus comes out them and tells them to, ha- to, to take courage in all of this, to comfort them. He needed the disciples to know that there are going to be many times in life where you need to conquer the fear that's in your life. Now, I want you to know this. Jesus eventually gets in the boat. That's my next point, point, And he stops the wind, but not yet. He first comes to the disciples and he brings comfort to them by saying, take courage. It is me who is with you. Jesus wants his disciples to know to conquer fear is something that we must do often in our lives. And, and if I could, just by way of the Holy Spirit, bring courage to you and saying that to you as well. That these are moments of fear and trepidation for sure, but God is with us. He has not abandoned us in this. Jesus sees this and he is keenly aware of all of this. He comes to them to bring comfort and he says these words, it is I, it is I. And I love that. It's, it's this implication that he's reminding them, reminding them of the personal relationship that they have. He didn't have to announce who he was, his name, his, his title or anything. He says, it's me. You know me, he says. They know him personally. They've seen what he's been able to do. They've seen his goodness in all things. They've seen Jesus' power displayed. Not long before this, he saw, they saw him feed 5,000 people with a few fish and some loaves of bread. He says something like this, you've experienced my calm before. Don't be anxious now. Take courage, he says. It is me. I am Jesus and I am with you. And he says, do not be afraid. This has been said many times before. This is not new to me, but from Genesis to Revelation, that command is the most common command in all of scripture, is to do not be afraid, to have no fear. That is something we as Christians must embrace if we're going to call ourselves Christians. We don't need to push back in our lives when we feel fearful. We don't need to just cover ourselves up and hide out when we feel fearful. We can take um, heart and courage knowing that Jesus sees us, knowing that he wants us to be strong in this, and then lean on his courage, 
lean on his strength, lean on his sovereignty in all things. This is something that should bring much courage and um, strength to us. And we also see in verse 51 that Jesus also brings help. That he, he, we know that Jesus is aware of us. We know that he brings courage to us, but he also brings help to us. Here in verse 51, it says this, that Jesus got into the boat with them and the wind ceased. And it says, and they were utterly astounded by this. That when Jesus comes to help us, the wind ceased in the situation. And I I just want to say this. I, I believe that there will come a moment when God will handle this entire situation that we're in right now. I'm, I'm a person who is very much faith-filled, as I mentioned earlier. I believe in the supernatural, and I, I believe in the miraculous. And I believe there will come a moment when God will do something, and this thing will come to an end. And I'm looking forward to that, that we have to believe that it is, in fact, God who can help us. And I want us to be reminded of that, that it is the system of, of this world that we cannot look to for help. We cannot look to uh, the medical institution, right, which we love our doctors and nurses and PAs and all of that. And we can't look to the stock market, right, the financial institution to be our ever-present help. But we, in fact, look to God himself who is our help. So in, in this whole situation that we find ourselves in, that when we find ourselves um, anxious and, and worried, we have to remind ourselves that we might just be imagining a future without Jesus in it. We can't be people like that. We have to know that he wants to come and be a part of this, that he wants to bring help to us. Um, I thought of this question. I wrote it down on my papers here. Um, as how have you responded in this entire um, pandemic, this, this COVID-19 pandemic that we're going through right now, the stock market crash? How have you responded in all of this? How have we responded to the world events these past few weeks. There's one stream of thought is just to ignore it, that it's all going to go away. If you were to watch all the footage coming out of Florida right now as college spring breakers are just flooding the beaches, they just are like the ostriches literally with their hands or their heads buried in the sand of the beach, just ignoring that anything is even taking place in the world. It is life as usual. And the other scenario is to do this, is to live your life in fear and worry where we're going to stockpile beans and rice and probably toilet paper if you can find some. And somewhere in between there is, the, is a rational response for us. We don't want to ignore what's happening around us. We need to be cognizant of everything that's happening. We need to be aware of what the government is instructing us of and the news is telling us about what's happening. But we don't want to overreact and be worrisome and, and anxious about it. C.S. Lewis once said that how you respond to an interruption is who you truly are. And um, as a dad, you know, I've been interrupted many times before. And, and oftentimes the way I responded to my children as they interrupted me, if that's true what C.S. Lewis is saying, that when I'm really responding in anger or frustration is who I really am as a person, I want us to consider that, that um, question for us today. How we respond to this interruption in our life is truly exposing who we really are. If anxiousness is being exposed, it means something to us. It means that our hope isn't fully rooted in Jesus who is above all things. If worry is there, it means that we have so much um, faith built on worldly institutions instead of God. And, and when those things are crashing down around us, we become worrisome and anxious because our hope is actually not in God, but in those things. 
how you respond to these interruptions really, def really uh, helps us see who we truly are. And so I want us to pause for a moment and to consider that. This last, um, this last week I was talking to one of my staff members and he was asking me, Jeff, how would you pray in this moment? And my first prayer was this. Um, it was a prayer of repentance. It was to admit to God that we have been fearful. It was to admit to God that we have been anxious. It was to admit to God that we had put faith in other things first. And so my first prayer would be this one of repentance, of confession, of telling the Lord, Lord, I am sorry, but I had more faith in those things than I did in you. Lord, I had more faith in the stability of this world, but when everything come crumbling down around me, I began to realize my faith was in something that wasn't you. And so my prayer was one of confession and repentance. And, and maybe we should, we should close our time together in a prayer like that. Maybe you should spend time considering, confessing to the Lord that you've been anxious, that you've been worrisome. And when we confess those things to him, he can realign our belief in him. We can begin to believe again that God is fully aware of what is happening, and he is. He is fully aware of what is happening. We can believe that Jesus can bring courage to us and strength to us in a way that we, didn't, we don't think possible. When all hope seems lost, we can lean to Jesus in a way that we haven't before or have need of again to do again and see the strength and courage come back to us, the lifeblood of God himself. And we can believe that God is fully capable to help him, to help us, right? Sorry, that God can fully help us. So we seek God in prayer. We confess our doubts and our fear, and we cry out to him in our terror of the world that's shaking underneath our feet right now. I've been, um, I said this not long to some friends of mine, uh, that I miss the days of good old just open the Bible and do Bible study with just a few people in the room. <laughs> And uh, I feel somewhat like culpable, like I've somehow caused all of this thing to happen, right? Now, because I prayed that, I want to just do small Bible study. Now we can't meet together as a church. And I know that's not true. I know that's not true. But I just find it ironic that I said that but a few weeks ago. And here I am trying to lead a small Bible study with a few people in the room and whoever's watching online. And um, it's, a, it's a strange time for sure. So can I pray for us? Would you bow your heads with me again? God, we again come before you in humility. We confess our anxiety and worry. We, we confess that we have not been looking to you for help when we should be, Lord. And maybe even in this time, Lord, we're, we're finding we need the church even more now than ever. We need a community where we can gather together and find help and hope, Lord. So God, we pray that as we ride this thing out, however long this thing is going to last. And Lord, we trust your strength and your sovereignty in all of it. God, we just continue to pray while this thing plays itself out, that you would continue to be with us, that we would take our time of isolation and working from home and even our kids being home, that you would use it to strengthen our families now, Lord God, that we not just busy ourselves with more Netflix and more you know, games or something, but we would actually take this time that, that I would argue has been given to us by you and to, to dive into relationship with our family, to dive into relationship with you through the uh, daily devotional and Bible reading and all of that, Lord, that we would use this time and not waste it, Lord. 
God, I pray until we can meet together again that you would use your uh, creative ability in us to, to still foster a growing and healthy church that we call Renaissance, even if we're meeting in our homes and offices and garages, wherever you might be watching this. So, God, we just pray that you would be with us in this time. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Renaissance Podcast. I hope that God has spoken to you through this message and that you're encouraged to continue pursuing Him. If you would like to get connected with what's going on here at Renaissance, then find us on social media or visit us online at rendicator.org. Remember to check out the Renaissance Church at Home page for online worship, sermons, and children's programs that are being offered during the COVID-19 outbreak.